So if you're just gonna pop up a network in one place for a day, we can do that quickly, no problem. But there's also a challenge if, if you, you've got a big warehouse that you want you know, detailed coverage, we wanna make sure that uh, we deliver what you need. Welcome to GXC's Monday Meshup, a podcast that gives you an inside look at GXC, our private cellular network platform, GXC Onyx, and the latest industry news to enable a world where enterprises can trust wireless connectivity to be simple. So welcome, everyone, and welcome to GXC's Monday Meshup. I'm your host, Alan Proethis, GXC's CEO. And today we have an incredible guest here who is the incredible person who actually makes things happen. So Jessica Barnes, welcome to Monday Meshup. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. So Jessica, you know, I know when we talk about private cellular networks a lot of times, a lot of hand wavy, talking about all the great stuff you can do, but none of this great stuff happens unless you actually deliver the network. So uh, please tell us, what exactly do you do here at GXC? Well, uh, here at GXC, I am responsible for delivery and operations. So that means basically from the full, kind of the full customer life cycle, right? So from getting a proposal out from a, to a customer, to shipping the equipment, ensuring the equipment gets installed, and then supporting those issues, uh, supporting that customer um, day to day. So full life cycle. And then uh, we work, obviously, since it's so much, we work with a lot of partners who are experts to make sure that those customers and partners uh, get the quality experience that they deserve. So it sounds like after we open the doors, you're the person that actually has to make the donuts. <laughs> No, that's uh, that's important, especially if you like donuts. In this case, of course, donuts are our connectivity. And, you know, we talk about private cellular. Private cellular is still a little bit of a new thing for a lot of people. But you're certainly used to other types of networks. And I know when I speak with customers and, and partners, we talk about private cellular being the third network, the first being their wired network for their company, the second being their Wi-Fi network. And then we have this new network that's really optimized for business critical uh, functionality. And, you know, because it's a bit of a mystery for the end user of it, I, I think it's a mystery in terms of how do you get this thing actually implemented and working? So how do you think about the steps? Once someone says, yeah, I need that for this particular environment, whether it's a warehouse or manufacturing or smart ag, you know, what, what are the big steps in actually getting this thing working in real life? Well, I think obviously you first you want to talk to them, right? We're going to get out there. We're going to take a look at your network or take a look at your space, that warehouse, that field, whatever that case may be. Um, we can talk about your requirements, what you need for this private network to make sure that we can offer the services you need. Then we go in and we do a design. That's the second step, right? We're going to be looking at all these different factors like the coverage, the capacity, performance, and then whatever applications you might need for this network, right? Once we agree on all of that, to make sure that this is the network you want, then we do the deployment. We order the equipment, we get it installed. That's like radios, antennas, switches, all this different equipment. Get that installed and get it to you. And then we start the integration, right? We coordinate with you. Obviously we're talking to you this whole time that we're coordinating uh, between the different parties. And we start this deployment um, and integration. And that's setting up the core network, connecting the base stations, configuring the protocols, all the different other pieces that have to happen as a part of that. Then we make sure that it's getting tested, right? That's step, the next step. You mean people have to test this too? 
we probably should, right? To make sure that it's that it's working, right? So performance tests, coverage tests, capacity tests, right? We want to make sure that what we've promised you is what we what we deliver and we address any issues that may come up. Then it's tested and then we start checking with the devices, right? What devices did you want to put on this on this private network to make sure that it's yours and that and the data stays with you? We provision those SIM cards, we configure the devices and make it make it all work together. Then it's yours, we turn it to you, but we then continue to support it. We're going to do maintenance and support, we're going to do upgrades, addressing patches and providing any support that you might need as a part of this. So, lots of steps, but we can make it easy and work together with you to make it happen. Wow, that sounds it sounds like a lot of work, but the good news is having experienced this and I, I'm thinking back to just uh, a month ago when, when there was a big uh, industry event in beautiful Austin, Texas where we're based, where it sounds like a heavy lift, but actually we had a multi-node network going in a barbecue joint in 45 minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think it also depends on the size, right? And where you're at. So if you're just going to pop up a network in one place for a day, we can do that quickly. No problem. But there's also a challenge if, if you, you've got a big warehouse that you want, you know, detailed coverage. Of, we want to make sure that uh, we deliver what you need. Yeah, I think a big part of it, too, is really about not so much the tech, our technologies. We know it works out of the box. It's really about how it's being applied in a particular environment. And like, what's the problem? That's the way I think about it is, what's really the pain point we're trying to address with this? What, what do you need that, that drives your business that you need a higher level of security and reliability around? And, and identifying that use case sounds like the essence uh, of this whole process. Do, do you do that, Jessica? How many, do you get your overalls on and start climbing, uh, climbing <laughs> up ladders? Or how do we actually do all this stuff? I definitely do not. Uh, climb the ladders. Although there's folks on the team that do, um, we prefer that they don't <laughs> climb the 120 foot poles to make sure that um, the installation works or that there's issues. But uh, the team definitely does whatever it takes to to make sure that the the installation is a success. Yeah, well, I mean, the, to me, it's it's all about what you do with it. You know, if you just have a network by itself without a concept of app applying the network. I mean, it really has no purpose. It has no no reason to exist. So it's to me, it's all about what you do with it. Absolutely. And you know, I to working with the end user to determine what's the area you're going to use it in, what kind of data usage does it have, um, what kind of device is it. You know, what are those kind of things we got to think about when we're putting out one of these networks? Well, some of it is the device is a great is a great example, Alan. You know, um, we're using the CBRS network and. Um, CBRS works with a ton of different devices, um, and it works with it works with in our network. But we haven't tested all the devices, so it's one of those things where we want to make sure that um, we find out what what you're trying to do, what you're trying to test with, what you what applications you're trying to do, and make sure that we confirm that that device is going to work great in our network. Right, that's part of the service that we're going to offer to make sure that you've got what you need. That's actually why. Um, we're actually, we haven't announced this publicly, but we're actually spending a lot more time internally pre-certifying not only devices, but applications. So you can actually out of the box be applying the network much more quickly, which is always exciting. It's fun too. I don't know about you, but I don't spend a lot of time in Best Buy lately or those kind of stores, but I tend to always look at spec sheets and it's amazing how many devices now um, out of the box work with a CBRS network uh, in the spectrum that's used in the U.S., but we can use other spectrum as well, really almost anything under sub six gigahertz. That's probably part of what we're considering when we look at uh, the devices too, in that 
the spectrum they're going to use, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're starting out with CBRS today in the U.S., but we've got the we've got the capability to support all sorts of different bands, uh, and we're working to deploy in lots of different places. So lots of different considerations for that, but lots of different opportunities as well. Yeah. Well, I, I have to take a, a, a trip uh, through through the past with you a little bit, Jessica, because most people in this business have just been in here 20 minutes and they, they may have some kind of enterprise wireless background, which is very useful. They may have a mobile background, but you actually have been in the private network space for quite a few years now. I, I guess I suppose that's true. Yeah, I mean, I started out with one of the, the SaaS providers eight years ago now, I guess, uh, in 2015, uh, back when we were trying to get CBRS approved. So there were a number of years that we were trying to get the FCC approval for the CBRS spectrum uh, and trying to figure out how to best, best provide that and then to be a, a SaaS provider. And then what came out of that really was private networks. Instead of just being a SaaS provider, wouldn't it be beneficial to have multiple private networks? So I've been doing it, yeah, for eight years now, talking about CBRS and SaaS and how the benefits of these private networks versus, like you were saying, cellular or Wi-Fi. There's some really great use cases for it. My point is you're actually one of the most experienced people in the industry, given the time here. Um, and it's tough when you're still 29 to have that level of experience, Jessica, of course, just like the rest of us. It is amazing, given my young age. But but no, for a brand new industry, it's an impressive amount of experience. And uh, the point to our audience is that, you know, when, when someone approaches you and says, hey, you can actually have your own private cellular network, you can be a mini telco. Although, of course, we're approaching it from an enterprise wireless perspective. We're not trying to make you a telco. But the idea that you could have your own private network for these kind of business critical applications may be a new idea. But my point I'm making is, this has been in the works for a very, very long time. It's supported at a federal government level in the U.S. Absolutely. And frankly, it's it's crazy the amount of effort being spent around the world where most countries now are coming up with some type of scheme to provide spectrum to deploy these kind of networks. So it's getting exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of interest in, in all over the world, really, right? Um, in Brazil and in Europe, Asia, right? There's there's a lot of interest throughout the world uh, with these type of private networks and the opportunities that they provide. Yeah. So, I mean, incredible change. You know, unfortunately, these things, uh, when people complain about these things take a long time, and I remind them, uh, when, do you, by the way, do you know when the first CDMA protocol was defined, by the way, the earliest? I do not. You, I, I would fail that quiz question. No. When was 1945, it? 1945, the really? movie actress Hedy Lamarr was actually a amateur mathematician on the side. And she actually had a number of patents. One of them was what became CDMA protocol. I have learned something new today, Alan. Thank you very much. Can you believe it? But the first commercial cellular call didn't take place, of course, until 79. And then we didn't hit 50% smartphone penetration until maybe a dozen years ago. So, um, it, you know, these ideas often cook for a long time. And we've had private networks, of course, for utilities and other types of things with license spectrum for quite some time. But now we have accessible private networks for everyone, really, thanks to how this has evolved. Absolutely. And and to your point about CDMA, right? So some of those things back in the day took a long time to cook. Um, but as we're seeing with everything else, uh, chipset size, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's it's expediting. Uh, the the speed of adoption is, is much faster um, and is growing quickly. Plus, the other thing is, uh, to me, that's impressed me is sort of the radios. You know, if you go back even 10, 15 years ago, radios really only covered a narrow range of spectrum. In today's radios, it's just amazing the broadness they can cover, which is also enabling. So some of the thing I like about some of the things um, 
we see in the market is not only can we cover the spectrum you can use in the U.S., but often the same way as can cover things that are being done internationally as well. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty exciting, really, that these radios, yes, have the multiple bands, so you can get one radio that covers multiple countries, um, which is especially beneficial for um, some of those smaller countries that may not have gotten the attention that they deserved in the past. Hey, well, they're going to get it now, let me tell you. So, so I have to ask, because I have to, as I always do, you know, we've seen these incredible changes from sticks and stones to private networks uh, over the years. You know, I, I really feel the, the demand growing exponentially. But what, what, do you, what do you see is really taking place over the next 12 months? What do you think would be the biggest changes in the in ways people are adopting this technology? You know, it's been interesting. What we're seeing today is a lot of POCs, right? Still, they're still kind of dipping their toe in the water. So I think for the next couple of months, we're still going to see some of that. But in the next 12 months, I think some of these companies and organizations, uh, especially the, the bigger global ones, right? If, if they can see the benefits in a couple of locations in, in the U.S. to start, um, and they have the opportunity to take this global, why wouldn't they apply something like this and be consistent throughout? And I think GXC, the exciting part is that GXC has that capability to provide that service throughout the world. And for them to have the same service and the same product is critical for a global company, in my mind, versus you know individual solutions throughout. So I think that's one of the things we're going to see. We're going to see, I think we're really going to start seeing some growth and, and probably we'll start seeing some real leads um, as certain companies um, and organizations take take this mantle up. What I don't know, uh, what I'll be interested to see is what, what industries that's in. Is it is it going to be warehousing? Is it going to be smart ag? Is it going to be manufacturing? Which one of these horses will, will run the fastest? Yeah, it's a good question. You never know. Like, for instance, I know like we're doing a, a lot of work across all those and many more industries. Uh, but just last week, I was with uh, the CTO of a major sports, uh, professional sports group, who frankly was pushing to see how fast we can get the network up to support some of those particular uh, applications around premium luxury box services and sensor information gathering for the players and all kinds of things. So every time you think you you know where this thing is going to grow the fastest, you you get these urgent needs in other places. And I think the faster we can figure out how to solve these specific problems, I think faster the industry will grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's pretty exciting, though, to see, because um, those are those are all great use cases for uh, private networks, right? Well, plus, I get, I, get, I get to go to more sports events, too, if we can get this going. So that's the, <laughs> the most important thing. But anyway, well, Jessica Barnes, thank you for, uh, for joining uh, GXC's Monday Meshup. And join us for the latest uh, industry news around private networks. Thanks, Alan. It was a pleasure.